All right, and we are here with another episode of It Never Hurts to Ask. I'm sitting here with Erwin Nicholas. He is uh, known in Houston as uh, Mr. Real Estate. Is that right? Yes, sir. Awesome. So uh, so tell me a little bit about uh, what you do. I am a high-end real estate broker in both residential and commercial. Okay. Um, now, what's, what's a high-end mean? High Define end that means, for me. Uh, in Houston, it's, it's, a, it's properties priced 500000 plus. That's my niche, but I do work with everybody. Okay. So I just you know have to put that out there because people are like, oh, you only sell big houses, but I actually do work with everybody. But so. you do it all. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I don't know a whole <clears throat> lot about real estate. Um, so you're going to help help educate me some. Um, but before we get into that, tell me a little bit about um, your education, how you came up. Are you from Houston? Yes. What part of Houston? Spring. Okay. So suburbs, grew up there uh, till about middle school. I lived in Spring. And then we moved to Hempstead, Texas, and did the whole land farming thing, built a house out there. Did you do farming? Yeah. What I kind was, of farming? I mean, we did, uh, we grew watermelons, and my brother was in like 4-H and stuff like that, so nice. I know about all this stuff. I, I can ride a bulldozer, a tractor, I can do all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, where'd you go to, I assume you went to college? Yeah, where'd yeah. You? So, I went to Texas Southern, right here in the neighborhood. Um, uh, so, I actually was a biology major, and I had got a full scholarship to go there for a pharmacy, and uh, when I realized I didn't want to go to pharmacy... Now, why didn't you want to go to pharmacy? Because that's pretty lucrative in and of itself. It is, but uh, I'm kind of a rebel when it comes to like what my parents want me to do yeah. or my mom wanted. Me and they to wanted do. you to do pharmacy. Yes, uh-huh. because I was good in science, and so um, I was a pharmacy tech before I actually applied for pharmacy school. And I just realized that like I couldn't do this for eight hours and yeah. be in one spot. Same. And I'm, huh? I was gonna say the same thing happened to me with insurance. I got into it for a hot minute, thinking, "Oh, I'll move up into the into the insurance yeah, game. Yeah. I'll become an insurance broker." No, I broke my soul. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I'm just a person like I'm not gonna do anything that doesn't make me happy. And I was yeah. finding myself at that point in time, like, "Look, this is this is not you, you know." And no matter what anybody thinks, this is not. Don't do something you you're not comfortable doing. So at Texas Southern, did you? Uh, did you finish the pharmacy degree or did you move on to a different... No, I switched my major to biology my sophomore year because okay. it was I was supposed to go to pharmacy school. Gotcha. So I was pre-pharmacy and then switched it to biology. And then I knew I could still keep my scholarship and my credits without having to like stay in school longer. So it was the it made sense. So yeah. that's what I did. So you graduated with a biology degree? Yeah, in 09. Yeah. And then <clears throat> got into selling houses? Or how, what's well, the transition there? Okay, so the transition started actually... Um, my freshman year where, you know, when we were building a house in the country in Hempstead, uh, I seen the whole land development process and just being there every day. My parents were um, contracting, subcontracting the workout. Mm-hmm. And so she was managing the whole project and building the house. And one day she said, you should get your real estate license just on the side. I'm like, you know, whatever. I don't, I'm not going to do that. Then I looked into it and I was like, oh, this is, this is something I could possibly do in spite of the market at the time yeah because this is like 08 you know what i mean yeah right after the collapse right after the collapse and i was like i could kind of build a brand and work with like athletes because i play basketball and football so i was like okay 
you know, I don't see any young people doing real estate at this time, you know, especially with the market going down. I was like, you know what, let me let me look into this. And my mom was an entrepreneur, so naturally I picked up the skills easily. Like she had a nonprofit called Challenge 2000. It was huge and all over the city. And what she did was actually a part of real estate, too, where she would go to uh, tax credit apartments with Section 8 yeah. apartments and teach computer literacy and computer skills to kids that probably would never be able to access a computer. So I learned about that on the development side and what type of, you know, program, government programs they have with apartments and low-income families. So I just learned so much about real estate in different facets. I was like, I could do this forever, you know? So that was kind of like my plan. Okay. Yeah. So you get real estate license. What was your first sale? My first sale was actually my parents' house. Like oh. when, we moved to, when we moved to Cyprus. Yeah. Or no, when we, yeah, when we moved to Cyprus from Hempstead, I was already too young. But when we moved to Cyprus, they were like, hey, we need you to find us a house. So I was like, all right, cool. Well, there you go, built-in clientele. I mean, so, so how old were you when you got your real estate license? 18. Okay, wow. Mm-hmm. Is that the youngest you can be, or can you get yeah, younger? Yeah, okay, so I don't state know. law, you have to be 18. Okay, so. so you were out the gate. So you had your real estate license. Were you doing this real estate, some of this real estate work while you were in school finishing your Absolutely. degree? Absolutely. Okay. Like, I was building my name and brand, and, I mean, I— I had a couple opportunities early on mm-hmm. and it kind of just built from there. I mean, it wasn't easy, but it was sure. something that I definitely did while going to school. And, and I was like, you know what, by the time the market turns, I was just thinking forward. I should be like, people should know who I am. Yeah. Now during that time, were you buying anyhow? Cause with the dip, I imagine home prices are down. Were you buying anything no. for yourself to flip or you weren't taking part in that? No, I wasn't at that time. I was, I was really just being a student of the game of the real estate game and understanding all aspects. It's one thing to go to class and study it right. and get your license. It's but a the totally experience is, yeah. So I'm learning all of this in the, in the, during the downturns. So how old were you? What year are we talking when you finally kind of had your feet under you and, and you're going? Uh, right when I, as planned, kind of like when I was graduating TSU, 09. Like, okay. you know, I I was part-time, obviously, in college because right. I couldn't do it full-time. Um, but I had enough experience and enough, uh, I guess, relationships built up. By the time I graduated, I was like, okay. You know, I was still wasn't comfortable because I even became a teacher right out of college for like High school? Three, no, middle school, seventh okay. grade science, biology. Okay. And uh, my mom was like on me. Like, she was like, you, this is not a good idea. Like, and I was just like, no, I got to do this. And I was living at home at the time. I had moved back home and I was trying to get my uh, teacher certification. And, you know, I just knew it wasn't the end goal for me. Teaching. Yeah. It was like, okay. This is going to be in between until you're comfortable enough to, to transition full time. But being uncomfortable teaching sped that process for, you know, forward. Right. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is not for me. Um, Shout out to all the teachers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're, you're in real estate, you're doing, you're, you're doing, I guess, 
residential at first and then you get into commercial or it was kind of all in the same at the same time? I was taking any deal I could get at this time. Now, how do you find a deal? Like if I, as somebody who's making a name for who's just breaking in, how do you get somebody with, I don't know, a, a, a gas station, a restaurant, whatever commercial right. plot they want to sell, how do, how do they know to even find you or how do you know to find them to get you to, to be their guy? Well, two things I'll say about that. The first being that any and everybody is a potential client. So at the time that I'm seriously building, and even now I think the same way, but, um, you know, you introduce people, hey, well, if you ever need real estate, I'm talking about gas station, you at the gas station, you, you anywhere sure, you always are, networking, always, always networking, on. you got cards, you got your little face on it, you're trying to like help people recognize that this is what you do. So you never know where your next opportunity gonna come from. I gotcha. So, you know, being resilient in that regard, people will end up calling you. Hey, you, what type of real estate do you do? You know, and I say, oh, I do do it all because obviously you don't have a consistent clientele base at this point in time. Right. So you're you're just winging it, you know, and you'll go back and figure out how to do it, or you'll talk to your broker. And I was under a brokerage at that time. Okay. So yeah. So. How many years in before you start getting referral? Hey, you helped my cousin sell his house, and uh, you, how long until those started rolling? rolling when out? I when I left teaching, it, it it was almost like that was my moment because when I fully committed to real estate is when things start picking up. It's almost like God was like, "All right, because you gonna step out on faith, this is what we gonna." Is what we're gonna do. So deals start coming in. People start. Well, you still the market start getting better. You know, banks start lending and when, in. When did that turn around? And because I know that the Texas real estate market wasn't hit as badly as you know Other the Floridas, areas. the Nevadas, yes. the Californias. I'm sure we saw a slowdown. Absolutely. Um, when did it start to turn around here in Texas? Pretty quickly, actually, because. Um, you like know, 2010, 11. Yeah, we're talking? 10, 11. I'll say it was banks were starting to be a little bit open to lending more. Um, I think, uh, you know, in the high-end market, that's one thing I understood, too. In the high-end market, it really didn't matter. You know, yeah. they're going to buy regardless. and they're gonna they got really the money buy, Yeah, they got the money, and then they're really going to buy because the prices are low. Yeah. So it's, you know, buy low, sell high. So those guys were just cleaning up during that time, if they were smart investors. Um, And you feel free to... Not want to discuss this, but can you tell me the the highest, most expensive home you sold? The highest home I like did. Like closing cost or closing price, I guess. Closing price, uh, I'd rather not say, but. Can you give me a ballpark? Yeah, between five and 10 million. Okay. Yeah. Can you give me a ballpark of what your cut as a real estate guy is for that? 100,000 plus. Ooh, that's got to feel good. On the low end. On the low end. Of something like that, yeah. Yeah. Does it, I assume you've done a couple, at least several deals that are in that, in that range? Yeah. You know, Houston is a market where, you know, I mean, those aren't average deals. Sure. You know what I mean? So you go to LA, New York, those are average high end deals, you know, yeah. but Houston is more on the top end of uh, the market. Does I imagine the first time you close something and you're looking, we'll call it a hundred thousand. Uh -huh. You make a hundred thousand from a sale. Does it feel that like are you are you want to celebrate? Do you want to do cartwheels, or is it just another day, another check? Like, does it register? Because 
hearing that as an outsider, I'm thinking I would celebrate like I won the damn lottery. Right. But is it just part of the business that doesn't register that way for you, or is it still kind of a big deal? Well, the, my first big deal, I, I'll say I made like $20,000, and I was mm-hmm. still a freshman. And to me, that was a lot of money then. Yeah. And then how fast I spent that money humbled me to where I, when I did make 100000 off of one deal. You already knew better. I was humble. Okay, I was like, okay, okay I'm chill because yeah. it's just a number you yeah. know what I mean and then being consistent was really really important at that time it's like you know like go to the next deal all right don't think about it yeah. you know so and what you do with that money is is very important as well so for me at that time to answer your question was I was like okay you had already kind of had your your oh, big yeah. check moment yeah and learned the lessons of it and yeah I got you I spent that $20,000 in like two months <laughs> I was I was I probably would too yeah I, don't I, was, blame you. I was out of there um, have you dealt with any celebrities here in Houston? Yeah, a lot of athletes. A lot of my clients are athletes. Are and, you allowed uh, to drop any names there? Or? Um, I'd rather not, but they're pretty. They're pretty. Big. I'll say this: uh, my first opportunity um, that that actually came to fruition was um, through Adrian Peterson, Sean Rogers, and Clint Ingram. These are you know all football guys yeah. and um, been very successful in their career. And I mean, I remember a quick story. Um, one of their assistants called me. Her mm-hmm. name is Nisha. And I was in Miami. And she called me. She's like, hey, we need a mansion for a birthday party to rent. And I'm like, okay, I'm not in town. She's like, well, if you know somebody, let me know. But at the same time, I was like, this is my moment to build my clientele. Right. Because if I pull this off, I could use it as marketing. And, and I could, in my mind, you know, be in that circle. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, and I can show these guys, like, being young, being African-American, you know, I, I have a lot of expertise in this, and maybe you'll feel more comfortable working with me because I actually care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I actually care. A lot of these guys was getting ripped off just because of who they were. And I was like, let me change the narrative with that. The you know, perception of the it. The perception yeah. of it is like, look, you maybe never seen any young black guys doing this, but here I am. And, and... On the other side, with me, I also thought it would be a lot easier, and it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, they'll work with me. Being uh, black in real estate, mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, Houston, for anybody listening who's not familiar with the the demographics of Houston, is an incredibly diverse town. Absolutely. Um, it's a great city. But do you feel your race has ever put you at a disadvantage in real estate, or has it actually been an asset in a city like Houston where you have a lot of to, to put it bluntly, people who look like you, who probably want to work with somebody who looks like them, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, like you a, know, the white blonde real estate agent. Do sure. you have people wanting to come to you because of that? No, I personally, and I think because of my background and, and being from the suburbs and being around mostly Caucasian people yeah. and other other races, like... I never really had an issue with that. Okay. You know what I mean? Good. Like, oh, I'm not going to work with him. I Not knowingly, at least. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I never had a deal taken from me because, oh, he's he's young and black. You know what I mean? But young, being a certain age, definitely. So the age is more an issue than the yeah, race in the real age, estate. The age, okay. like, like, can you do this type of deal? You know what I mean? It, it's all the same to me, but those were questions that people, you know, rightfully so, if they don't, they don't know you. You know, why should I do a deal with you when I know somebody for 10 years has been doing this, you know? Yeah. So. Um, What kind of commercial real estate have you done? 
Uh, I've done a little bit of all of it where it comes to like retail, office, uh, land, um, commercial land. That's what I'm really specializing in Like now. Acre, just acreage yeah, of... like acreage of land off major highways. Is that for developing like subdivisions types? Absolutely. Okay. Subdivisions in uh, apartment complexes and um, some master plan communities. Uh, multifamily is a big one I've done, a lot of those, so... So, so you're, you're doing, you're making deals, you're doing residential, you're doing commercial. Mm-hmm. What's next for, what's, what are your goals? Where do you want to go from here? Where do you want, where do you see yourself in, let's call it 10 years? Just a, a, a active investor. Like I, I love the idea of passive income um, and being able to like pass that along. Um, yeah. I, I used to have this thing where I was like, oh, I want to be the biggest and best agent, broker. Um, and that's not really you know, my ambition. Anymore. You want to buy it, sit back and just start collecting right. checks from it rather you know, than hustling every yeah, day. When you run totally. around 12 years trying to make deals happen, you know, it's not, it's not the easiest thing to do. And plus, you know, a great market for that. Yeah. Parking. There you go. Get a parking yeah. lot. We've got one. I work, there's a parking lot in Austin, mm-hmm. just a slab of asphalt. That thing turns about a million and a half a year straight there you cash. Go. See, that's what I'm saying. Passive income, you know, you know, it's coming. And, you know, there's, I have a lot of friends who, um, who flip and stuff like that. I'll do things like that as well, but it's mm-hmm. not as much, uh, my, my interest as it is passive income. Like I, I sell, um, apartment complexes and things to some of my clients and I see that residual income just coming in and they just like, look, I'm, I'm kind of set, you know what I mean? But I mean, I also want to uh, do vacation rentals too. That's like timeshares? No, like actually buying properties. Um, like a second home, like a, a second beach home. home. Yeah. Okay, okay. So like Airbnb, like those are a lot for a lot of people. That's a, a retirement business model where they just do daily rentals. Yeah. So yeah. Want to go back to the housing collapse a little bit? Sure. I've read a little bit on on the subject, but there's also a lot I'm ignorant to. Mm-hmm. One of the things I understood, um, like we were talking about earlier, Texas managed to to escape a lot of the brunt of the the housing collapse and the economic collapse. Part of that was because of our oil industry and our, mm-hmm. our economic makeup here. Right. But I've also read that one of the things that, is, that helped us avoid the housing price collapse, we kind of slowed down a lot, but mm-hmm. we didn't drop off a cliff like places in Florida did, for example. Yeah. And what I've understood is there's certain laws within Texas state laws that limit equity loans and how you can turn your equity into cash. And so some of those predatory, predatory models that worked in other states, you couldn't do them in Texas. Is that accurate? Am I, am I? Yeah. You know, I don't know every law in that regard, mm-hmm. but for the most part, I do think that the, the laws that were established uh, were, were tighter than other states, which, you know, kind of helped us in a sense. Yeah, you know, people, I couldn't put, I couldn't mortgage, you know, put a second mortgage on my house to build exactly. a pool and buy a new car quite as easy as exactly. other states could. Right. You, like, if you look in Vegas and in places like Florida, I mean, the way they got hit, you wonder, like, wow, like, what was y'all allowing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know, but, yeah, I would imagine that our, our rules were uh, a little bit stricter. And then at that time, I think that, you know, you could find a lender that was pretty much able to do anything. You know what right. I mean? Oh, you 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 make this much? Okay, here's two hundred thousand, but you really only make 
you know. 60. Yeah, they weren't checking anything. Yeah, some of them were encouraging people to actually fake their numbers. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Inflated it, and then it came back around, man. Now, if you, as a, as a broker, mm-hmm. is it your responsibility to your client? Like, let's say you're you're trying to help a family get their first home. Mm-hmm. Does the bank potentially sit down with them and go, oh, you make 50? Why don't you go ahead and say you make 75? Does that happen? And if it does, is it your responsibility to come in and go, they're encouraging you to bite off more than you, you can chew? Well, what, I... What's your responsibility in that in that right. process? I've always had a process when it comes to dealing with my clients. So I, which your, your business with the bank Mm-hmm. Is 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 not is a lot. It's real personal. Right. So you know, I I don't really need to know you know how much you make and stuff like that. I mean, I don't try to check that before we go look at houses. I do require approval letter and proof of funds. That way, I know what we're approved for when I'm looking for houses. Okay. A lot of people like to do it backwards. Let's go look at houses, and you're really kicking yourself in the butt because you're doing stuff that. I assume that's also it saves your time a lot rather Absolutely. than driving around. Mr. and Mrs. Smith to oh, a bunch of half million houses. I learned that the hard way when I first got in this. I was I was everywhere. I'm Spring, Sugarland, Crosby, Galveston. And nobody would buy a house. I'm like, I don't waste all this gas money, <laughs> you know. And it didn't. It didn't. I, you had to learn. You had to value your time. So here in Texas, what are the big? If I wanted to get into real estate, what mm-hmm. are the markets to get into? Here in Texas? Yeah, what cities are showing I mean, the most growth? I mean, Houston obviously is just booming right now just because, you know, it's very affordable. Um, you know, Dallas is a great city. Uh, I feel like Austin, it's it's a little too late to get in the game now. It is a little too late. Austin is like, you know, Hollywood for Texas. Yeah. You know, it, it's beautiful out there. A lot of people move there, but it's, it's going to cost you. Oh yeah, my si- my sister bought a house, real nice house, five bedroom in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and uh, her, her she closed. I think it was one hundred forty one thousand dollars for a gorgeous big house. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to explain to her. She's like, "Why don't you have a house?" I was like, "Because your house and my zip code in Austin, yeah, that's a one point one million dollar house. Absolutely, it's ridiculous. Absolutely. Her mortgage is less than my rent for a two bedroom apartment. And what people don't really understand too is also about the dirt." You know the the dirt that it's sitting on. You know, yeah. it's it's not so much the house. You know, what I mean, even in like an area like Third Ward in Houston, you know, these these lots that look like nothing are a hundred thousand plus, hundred fifty thousand plus. You yeah. know, and people are buying them. You know, as the city is or as this um, this area is is changing. So getting in early is always a win. Yeah, always. Um. So as you grow, what tools have, what have you used to kind of grow your brand? I assume social media has, has does that help a lot or is yeah. it just something you do and if it helps, it helps? Like, have you noticed an increase in business from it? Um, you know, I think it's, it keeps people aware. Uh, I'm not like pulling clients off Instagram every day, but I'm also not putting content out there for that reason. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think, uh, you know, it's a presence I think it helps. There's a lot of agents out there that use Instagram for that. But my way of doing business is more just referral-based. Um, okay. I do great work over the years, and I think it's really helped me. I don't really have to advertise. Instagram is probably the only thing that people really just, you know, um, can see. I have a I have a website I'm redeveloping. Mm-hmm. Um, but you wanna you wanna put that out? 
It's MrRealEstateHouston.com, but okay. um, I'm redeveloping. But um, like I'm, I'm, my business model isn't to. And it may sound weird to some people, but to just sell every single house that I possibly can. But I, I'm not in that space anymore. But to the agent that's just getting into the business, mm-hmm. that should be your your mo, right? Is to everything you can. That, that's how I was. Yeah. You know, and and I love you know making money and stuff like that. But it's not the most important thing for me. And it's crazy because. When I stopped trying to be the biggest and best agent, I got more business and bigger deals. So it's just funny how things work like that, you know. So do you do you think that's uh, a perception thing, like not playing hard to get, but not trying as hard, or I don't know. What do you think that shift was? What do you think? Uh, for me, it was just like you know, you know, what's most important to you? Chasing deals every day, or or you know, at the level of real estate that I was doing too, is like, you know, let me understand how far and I can go with this on a on a massive level, like on a on a on a, I guess, volume level in terms of a price, you know, price per square foot. So, me doing five million dollar homes and stuff like that, like okay, I'm in a good niche space, yeah. you know. Where do we go from here? Can I take this to L.A.? Can I take this to New York? You know, what is it that I'm building here that will allow me to expand that model? So I wasn't so much chasing deals. I was really trying to understand that. And I think that right there is where my focus is and and, and was at the time. So it wasn't about getting every single deal. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any... Any real estate horror stories to share? Yeah. Uh, I mean. Like know. clients from hell? Yeah. I, I, I've i lost $75,000 before because I couldn't work with the client. Really? I mean, it was done deal. I mean. What was their, what was their issue? Well, they were trying to tell me how to do my job. But, you know, I guess I'll start from the beginning. Okay. So, you know. Some some of your clients that, you know, are, are type A and I guess because I'm kind of young, they were like, oh, well, this is how you should do this. I've been in real estate, blah, 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 blah. I know about this. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. And this is buying or selling a home? This is selling. Okay. This is selling. And I'm like, okay, you know, uh, I'm listening to them. I'm, you know, being receptive. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, okay, I, I thought this is why you hired me. Because if right. you knew how to do it, you should you should have sold the house yourself, you know. But I didn't tell them that. And, you know, at a certain point, you have to have, you always have to have respect for yourself. And I think the clients start to get um, disrespectful in a sense when it, he was trying to tell me how to do my job. Like, you're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. And I ended up bringing a, a full price cash offer, you know what I mean? And it was a million dollar property. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I told him exactly how it would go and I made it happen. And his house hadn't had no other offers besides it. But I had to, you know, let that go and be okay with it because every client is not not for you. You know what I mean? And if you're building a brand, you just it's not about the money always. You know, it's about like, okay. And ironically, I ended up getting a three point four million dollar house listing after that and sold that. 
So I didn't feel bad about losing. Um, so so the the incentives, the, the how you get paid, mm-hmm. do you just charge, a, a, is it a set percentage? Yeah, so it's it's like industry standard, a 6%. Um, and is that, so if you sell a house, mm-hmm. for, you sell my house, you get 6% of the... No, it just depends on how the deal, like if there's an agent that's brought in, like if do. I list your house, uh-huh. I'm telling you it's 6%. Right. Regardless, that's what the market rate is. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, if there's another agent involved, we would split that three and three. Gotcha. Yeah. And there's a contract for that, too. So. OK. Yeah. OK. So basically, whatever the percentage of to list it is. It's it's split. Now, what if that now do you have deals where there isn't an agent, an agent you're splitting it with? Absolutely. Like, mo- ironically, most of my big deals have mm-hmm. been just me because I've I don't sit houses on the market and just wait for people to come, you know, agents to come bring their buyers. Like I'm actively trying to sell it myself. I mean, if you have the option of making 3% or 6%, I just feel like you should give it your all. And I've been blessed enough to, to make it happen really quickly. And what are the deals? uh, What's the percentage on like commercial real estate? Is it the same or it's more negotiable? Um, They're probably, you know, depending on the deal, it's probably a little less than 6%. Because I assume the prices are a little bit higher. Yes, the prices are a little bit higher, um, and it's just a little bit more complex. It's not the most in. It, it's not the. I guess for the client, it's not advantageous for you to be paying six percent on a sure. Um, property. Do you have so? I, I assume the high end residential is your. Is that kind of your bread and butter? Is that what you prefer? Do you enjoy? Is there one market you enjoy more than the other? I yeah, I love. Uh, I like it all, but definitely high end and commercial is kind of like my thing right now. That is, it's it's a beautiful space only because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but and and with commercial, it's more challenging. Like you know, it's very competitive. Uh, it's it's more cutthroat. And I think as you involve in real estate is like you always want a new challenge, you know, because yeah. it's pretty redundant. You know, the process is pretty redundant. So to, to know that, you know, commercial is more challenging and, you know, there's obviously more opportunities to make money, more money. Yeah. Um, I mean, it all kind of makes sense for me. Do you with this real estate game, do you hope to retire early? Is that a goal? Yeah, it is. Uh, once I get a couple of these apartment complex under my belt I'm, I, I don't think I'll retire necessarily I think I'll just be it'll become more of almost a hobby yeah 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 I mean it's 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 getting that way now you know what I mean um, I'm not posting every house like I used to be doing that I sell I yeah. mean I've sold a lot of property I just don't post everything and, and that, I think that's a true testament in my you know kind of just having self evaluation like you're not as pressed anymore about this. And I think that's because, you know, I'm getting to a point to where I mostly want to focus on passive uh, investments. So. Yeah. And how old are you? I'm 30. Making me feel like shit with myself. <laughs> no. Man, you're on it. Um, I just started early. That's all. That's yeah. How, at. Um, how did Hurricane Harvey affect your job and the real estate market in Houston as a whole man one it put everything on hold so whatever deal you had pending it was like yeah you gotta wait till this water go down but more importantly um you know 
I'm happy to say that none of my clients got flooded and they were all over. So I checked on everybody. You know, I think that was a, a true testament of the due diligence that I do when it comes to finding a house. But it making sure you're not putting people in floodplains. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of these people, a lot of these agents are so happy to sell a home that they're not necessarily taking the proper precautions of, of you know, figuring out if a house is in a hundred year floodplain or not. You yeah. know what I mean? And you know, a lot of these, a lot of the homes, like in Memorial area and things like that, that never got flooded before, mm-hmm. were flooded. So it was kind of just a, 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 a unique situation uh, for for me, as I'll say. And I think it's just having favor or something because the way it flooded, man, you never knew, you didn't know who was getting flooded. Did did the flooding create new opportunities? Oh yeah, especially for investors. Like I mean. Some people have been flooded twice, back mm-hmm. to back. And, you know, it's like, okay, I'm done here. And they would sell that. What was the, la- was the last one, Allison? Or what was the last flood? I went by the holidays. So I would say the Memorial Day flood. This is what we oh, call it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I didn't. That I wasn't a hurricane. That was just some, a crazy rainstorm, right? Probably. I, yeah. I don't know. I, that's why I said I went by the holiday because... I don't remember what the name was. <laughs> they got so many names. But, uh, yeah, it definitely created a lot of opportunities because, you know, it was another situation where you could buy low and flip and sell high. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Houston is still, people are still coming here, you know, millions. So it was a great situation. Awesome. Um They're going to edit out this long pause where I'm sitting here thinking. No, I was about to say, he's like, he's trying to find that, <laughs> that, that real good, good question. Oh, yeah. I'm going to knock it out of the park with this one. Um, what is it? What are some misconceptions of the real estate game that you would like to, to dispel if you had the chance? Well, you have the chance. Number one, it is easy. It is easy. It is. Oh, yeah, I can just do this on the side. And you can do it on the side, but it's not. You just can't jump in this business and think that you're just going to make money like that. I actually thought that. I was like, oh, okay. You know, uh, I'm young. I'm, I know younger people that's buying. I can relate with these people. Here's my card. Call me tomorrow. Let's do a deal. No, it doesn't work that way. I mean, it just like any other business, it takes time to build and and, and build trust. You know, there's clients that have told me or um, there's people that have told me, like, I've been watching you for like five years and I see you're consistent. Now I want to I wanna buy, buy a house through you or I want to sell my house through you. So you never know, like, you know, where your next deal is coming from. That's what I was saying earlier is that it's not as simple. It's not cut and dry like people think it is. Yeah. They all they, if you're focusing on the money, you, you're going to suck at this business because you'll be humbled real quickly. So what, what is it that you focus on that's allowed you to be so successful? I'm, I'm just resilient. You know, I don't really take no for an answer. No is like not right now for me. Okay. In everything in life. Like you're like, oh, no, not right now. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll circle back with you if you, you know, just, it's just the way my, I, I think you know. Yeah. Any other any other myths of the um, game? Hmm. That's a good question because I only think about that one all the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, in your in your line of work, have you come across some really uh, dishonest actors? Actors? Other real estate agents or people? Oh, yeah. I mean, you see people today, you know, some people take properties that are on MLS, the multiple listing service, uh-huh. that aren't their listings and post them to show that they have appeared that they have business, right? Uh-huh. And, like, you know, you could you could spend a couple hundred dollars on a photo shoot and then see somebody else marketing your property. That that kind of sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Is there recourse for that? Are you able to call them out and tell, I mean. Yeah, I, I mean, I try to be positive about it. It's just like, hey, you know, can you please take those down? Because I paid for those. You know, if you want to use them, just ask me. You know what I mean? I prefer that. But, I mean, um, I, I also understand that people are trying to figure it out at the same time. They're like, look, let me, I got to do something. Yeah. You know, this guy actually has properties on, on that he's listing, you know, and, you know, how they going to look at me if he he really got the house? You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just a matter of, like, you know, people understanding to respect others' line of work and, and being okay with not having the most listings or selling the most properties. You know, your time will come if you're resilient, you know, and yeah. I don't think that people really pay attention to that. Especially if it's not going easy. Before we wrap up, do you want to give everybody your your Instagram, your your email, or any yeah. any of those contact information? My Instagram is Mr. Real Estate, M R R E A L E S T A T E. Email is Mr. Real Estate H O U at iCloud.com. I prefer you to email me. <laughs> sure. No phone number. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Either one of those two ways. You can reach out to me either way. Well, uh, Mr. Real Estate, Erwin, it's been great. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, I got to tell people, yeah. like, why people call me Mr. Real Estate. Or why my... I didn't even think to ask. See, that see you're, you're asking you. questions for me. I got you. Yeah, because, where's that name come from? Well, it, it's important that people... I feel like people know is that it's not a cocky name or anything like that. It like, sounds oh, like a cocky it name. It does. And I, and I realized that over the years. But the reason why I decided to name my business that is because... I um I I used to watch this show called The Big Idea and with this guy named Donnie Deutsch. He's a yeah, marketing, yeah, yeah. you know, CNBC, right? Yeah, he yeah. used to come on all the time and he used to talk about um, you know, building a brand and and what it meant. And he said one of the things I remember he said you always want people to remember you without like trying. And so I heard that, right? And then like 2 weeks later, I was showing property and the client forgot my name he was like uh mr real estate and a light bulb went off (laughs) and i was like you'll never be able to not know what i do if i call my company that and plus you're competing with like so many different brands i mean not brands uh, so many susans and karens and whatever all these random people who who you know you know have established themselves you know keller williams you know um John Daughtery and all these other big Greenwood King, like who are you? You know what I mean? And I felt like that was important for people to know. Like there's, you can't really, there's no in between of trying to figure out like who Erwin Nicholas is and, and what he does. Yeah, You'll figure that out after you know I do real estate. Do you have people actually refer to you as Mr. Real Estate? Absolutely. All the time. People yeah. call me that in public. Like there's Mr. Real Estate. Oh, okay. What's up? That's got to feel good. 
it, it does over the years only because it let me know I was doing something right, you know? Had nobody ever, like, actually received that and was like, yeah, I'm just call you Irwin. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it it wouldn't have been a proven testament to, you know, the brand awareness and what I was trying to build. So, you know, now it kind of works. So Awesome. Well, I'm glad you threw that in because... Yeah. It was on. It was on my mind early yeah, and quickly yeah. slipped. Yeah, no, no, it's all good. Um, so, Erwin, Mister Real Estate, thank you for for coming on. Thank you for having um, me. Anybody has real estate they need to buy or sell in the Houston or I assume larger Texas area? Yes, it's like Greater Houston, Greater. I'm working pretty much if it if it makes sense. I'll, I'll, I'm definitely traveling. Um, it has to make sense. I also have a. a a team behind me too. So um, Edward Gomez, he goes by the coolest realtor, and he came up with that whole concept. Your whole damn team has awesome nicknames. Well, yeah, he he he's very very passionate and wants to you know be at the level that I've been able to be at, if not more. I tell him he's gonna be better than me because he's so damn persistent. Like like even working with me, I I like blew him off for the first two years. I was like, oh, you're not really serious. And then he proved to me like being resilient, and I was like, okay, he he's he's on it. You know what I mean? So he's gonna be big time. Well, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. I've learned a little bit. Everybody, check out Mister Mister Real Estate on Instagram on his uh, cinnamon email if you need him. Thanks for coming on. It never hurts to ask. Thank you for having me.